Hey friends, welcome to episode 6 of I Draw Dead People with your terminally curious host, Megan. I'm coming to you live from my living room because this blanket has accepted me as one of its own. I dare not upset it. trying to be a little more relaxed when I do these because I tend to be kind of stilted I feel like I need to watch what I say or be very succinct now I know that your time is precious and I'm very lucky to have your ears and I'm very grateful for that but I don't think I really need to be as worried about these things as I usually am I mean okay so I have an 11 year old son and he watches some quite interesting individuals on YouTube, especially, you know, and he's basically watching walkthroughs of games and the stuff some of these guys say or don't say, it can be just complete silence and yet wildly popular. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not, I'm going to try and not worry about it so much. So hi, I haven't talked to you guys since two weeks ago. A week ago right now, I was in the middle of setting up for my art show, which I didn't talk about on here. Um, but yeah, it, I have an art show up here in Ypsilanti, Michigan, which is right next to Ann Arbor. Um, and it's just me, which is very exciting. And it's like 75 pieces of art. You know, like, that's a lot. And it's all centered around... The human eye, with one exception, there is one piece that is not human. So if you go, you gotta figure out which one it is and let me know. I actually sold that piece, which is very sweet. So yes, all the work is for sale pretty much at the show, which is exciting, but really the most exciting part of it was opening night was a week ago tomorrow and, or if you're listening to this Friday, I guess it's today, we could go today. And um, it was, so great to meet people, like people I've known for a long time, who I haven't seen forever because COVID. Uh, and then just a lot of folks who were, were brand new, who either followed me online, which is crazy, <laughs> and never met me in person, or were totally new and happened upon the show. Just it's so cool. Like my therapist had asked me like, what you know, I, what was like my pie in the sky best outcome for, for the show. And, you know, I have an upper limit problem. I don't know if you've ever heard that term, but it means like when I start thinking really big and like really getting excited, I kind of like try to, you know, damp that down because you don't want to fly too high. What if you get super disappointed, right? Ugh, Midwest upbringing. Anyway, um, so I was that was a really hard exercise for him to have me do. Uh, but it was a couple things. I was like, yes, it would be really nice to sell some work. Always. That's very cool. Um, but really, the biggest thing was the experience and meeting people. I love meeting people. And I really think that every time you meet someone new, it's an opportunity to, you know, kind of spread the love and, like, get connected and, 
you know, you never know what can come from a meeting. You meet someone and then six months down the road, they're contacting you because they remember you and they think, oh, hey, I want a piece of art or, oh, you know, this would be really cool to talk to about, you know, this certain thing for this like newspaper article or something like that. And I try really hard to always say yes to those because it means more than you think it does, you know. So the art show went great and it was super busy and it was the three hours like flew by and I don't think I stopped talking the entire time. But now, you know, what happens after a show like that is I invariably get this like downward slide where all the adrenaline wears off, you know, and all the go, go, go hustle. And then I would just want to like slowly deflate into the couch and not move. Hence why I'm coming to you from my living room and not my studio. Because I'm just like, nope, it is sweatpants time. It is cheese on crackers, cat on lap, under the blanket, sweatpants time. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's been a week. It's been a very quiet, quiet week. But then, out of nowhere, this huge opportunity is now in front of me. So I've always wanted to open an art supply store here in my town. We don't have one, which is crazy because we have like four universities, tons of, you know, schools, tons of artists, like separate from academia entirely, just tons of artists, tons of creative people. And we lost our art supply store, God, 12 years ago now, roughly. And it's been bugging me this entire time. And I know, I know that like brick and mortar is really hard and lots of people shop online, but like my town has a pretty thriving scene for entrepreneurs and small business. And between, between Ipsy and Ann Arbor really is quite good. And I've, turns out I know a lot of people, like all of a sudden I'm realizing how many people I actually know. And a lot of people are very excited about this idea. I posted about it yesterday and the response was bonkers. So thank you to all of you if you're listening to this and you were part of that conversation. If you weren't, you can go to my Instagram, Megan Foldenauer Creative, and you can see all of that because it was just, and also on Facebook, Megan loves to draw. There was just so much enthusiasm and I, it just blew me away. It took me by complete surprise. I did not expect it. (laughs) And so now like, behind the scenes got having all kinds of conversations that are just really talk about testing my upper limit. Like I was just talking about, like, this is, I walked into my therapy today and I was just like, okay, we need to talk about my upper limit problem because I am flipping out. Like this is so big and I really, really can tell I'm at a crossroads, right? It's like continue where you are or take this chance over here and become really busy with stress, but unbelievable award, reward. You know what I mean? I, I mean, it's really obvious to me what I need to do. I know I need to do this, but man, it's a lot of things to think about. So yeah, so I'm going to be starting a Kickstarter and hopefully it gets approved and a Patreon. Well, you know, I already have a Patreon. I'm going to start like shifting it a little bit to start fundraising because I'd really like to buy a building um, outright. You know, I'm one of those Gen Xers with, you know, student loan debt and a mortgage and a kid and all that stuff. And it's just really, 
uncomfortable the idea of taking out more loans right now. So I'd really, really, really like to buy it outright. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'm looking for the community. <clears throat> Keep my community and all kinds of folks. I want to meet all kinds of new people and really like integrate myself more around here into everything and create a wonderful space full of art supplies and teaching and learning and expression and accessibility and you know I want to you know lift up voices you don't normally have a stage like I follow so many indigenous and BIPOC and you know queer makers of art supplies and artists and I just want to be like all up in that and just like put their stuff out there. Just, you know, I'm just one person, but it really feels like this is something that I'm being called to do and that I could really do it because I love being a cheerleader for other people. It's one of the things I love the most. Oh, and then also, of course, like, you know, maybe I'll have a gallery like for small art, you know, not to compete with any of my friends, of course, because why would I do that? That would be silly. But maybe just tiny art, you know, specialize. So yeah, I'm sitting here trying to figure out a name for the business, which is harder than I thought it would be. Because I also want to title like all of this crowdsourcing with the name. So, you know, if you've got any ideas, you know, hit me up. Because <laughs> I'm so, I, you know, with that downward slide of adrenaline, my brain is a little offline. It's not quite snapping and popping like it normally does. Um, I'm a little ideaed out. So I have a new medical illustration I'm working on for work. It is a procedure in the spine um, that involves laminectomies and a whole lot of getting bone out of there to you know, free up space for the spinal cord and to remove tumor. So I met with a surgeon earlier this week and he was very, very nice. And we talked about it and I got to ask questions. I had to get over my fear of Zoom. <laughs> Just like, oh, don't look at me. If it's not, my, my fear of Zoom is not as bad as my fear of the phone. I never call me. Never, ever call me. I'm going to prove that you can be a small business owner without answering the phone. That's my that's my new goal. Um, yeah, uh, so we met and I took tons of notes and he sent me um, some reference photos. And I think I'm going to be good with the reference photos and my atlases. I don't think I need to go see the surgery, but I'm sure he would gladly have me come if I if that was a possibility. So... I'll try to post uh, the sketches once I have them finalized and ready to go. I am going to do some digital color with these, so that's fun. I haven't done that in a while. And there's some nice, really cool instruments, like with this cool rod and all these screws. And I, I really, really love like that contrast between like metal and tissue. There's just something about that, not only just aesthetically at all, but like painting it you know and getting to, getting to like render both at the same time there's just like the the contrast between the two is very appealing to me so this will be really great i thought it would be fun to do something a little different this week and i wanted to tell you about a piece of art 
piece of fine art that kind of exists at the intersection of art and science and religion, actually, um, that is not very well known. In fact, I didn't really know about it until very recently. And it is the statue of St. Bartholomew flayed or skinned that stands in the Duomo di Milano in Milan, Italy. Um, It is a statue that when you first look at it, it looks like a man standing, holding, I believe, a book with, you know, draped fabric on him. He's not wearing any clothes, but that's what it looks like. But if you look closer, you realize that you can see in pretty great detail, like every muscle on his body, some veins and like nerves and things. And you find out that that's not actually draped fabric that he's holding. He's holding his own skin. So (laughs) you can learn about uh, St. Bartholomew on Atlas Obscura. And there is a very, very small article on Wikipedia as well. But yeah, I guess I'm not like a Christian scholar, but he was one of the 12 apostles. And apparently he was persecuted for converting a king to Christianity somewhere in the region of Armenia, I guess. And so the, 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 his, the story is always that, you know, they flayed him and beheaded him. Now, he's not beheaded here, but he is definitely flayed. And so this um, sculptor, whose name is Marco de Agrati, I want to say... It's D apostrophe A-G-R-A-T-E, was the sculptor who was a fairly well-known sculptor at the time. This was sculpted in the 16th century, so about the 1570s, which is cool because just before that, say like the end of the 15th century, so like the 1400, late 1400s, was when Vesalius, who is considered the modern father of anatomical drawing was doing his most you know famous most notable work using the cadaver and so this gentleman within you know a hundred years or so was doing a similar thing but in sculpture and it really does look like he spent some time with the real thing some of it is a little you know, a little stylized, a little symbolic. And you can imagine like someone like H.R. Geiger, who's the artist for aliens, seeing something like this and taking inspiration from it. Uh, but yeah, I would love to see this in, pl- in person for sure. I don't know if you, hasn't, have any of you seen it? Because it's really, really neat. So I highly recommend looking it up online. I will endeavor to put it up on my social media when I get done with this episode. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at a picture right now, and the lower leg, yeah, it's a little alien-esque, to be honest. (laughs) But it has these great vessels just rolling over these muscle fibers. It's pretty amazing. So, yeah, so cool, unexpected little bit of fine art that includes anatomy for you. Another thing that happened this week, which is crazy, which is going to lead me into just some fun anatomy facts is that I was watching Ted Lasso, which, by the way, I started watching um, with a bit of protest because I can be very anti-things that are popular. But I started watching it, and it is amazing. It is a wonderful show and totally worth the five bucks a month for Apple TV. 
Anyway, I'm watching the episode called Two Aces from the first season when I start screaming at my television for my husband to stop the show. And he's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, my art, my art, my art's on the wall. And it turned out that a medical illustration chart that I did um, for Anatomical Chart Company in about 2004, 2005 was on the wall behind all of the football players. I think they were in some sort of locker room or trainer's room or something. It was the one where they burn all the stuff uh, to get the ghosts to go away. And I was just screaming. And so I totally took a photo and I will post it. I, I actually posted it the other day. You may have seen it um, with all with a bunch of the actors from the show. And then there's this foot poster behind them. So that's mine. Um, I don't get royalties or anything from something like that. That was drawn for an employer. And since I was their employee, the copyright for that work belongs to them. But I still can't get over the fact that that happened. So it kind of sent me down a rabbit hole of thinking about the foot. Um, and foot-like functionality and anatomy and stuff. Because, you know, that's how I do. And I found the most incredible fact. And I... <laughs> Double, double, triple check this because, and I'm still not sure if I believe it, but you know, we humans, man. Okay, so did you know that foot measurement was originally measured in barley corns? <laughs> like, the grain? <laughs> in England, that's how they used, for, for their unit of measure was a barley corn, because apparently it's a third of an inch. Now, I was like, wait a minute. They don't use inches. And so I go into Google and I'm like, barley corn standard of measure. Because <laughs> of course I did. And like the first, you know, they're, they're doing like the people also ask section. The first thing that comes up is, is barley corn metric or imperial? <laughs> Just like, oh, stop. Just stop it. <laughs> I don't, I, so I have not gone further down that rabbit hole, but I thought that was incredible. But here are a couple other things about the foot that are that is pretty cool. So you actually, a quarter of your bones in your body are your feet. Because each foot has 26 bones in it, which is a lot. Um, a lot of those bones are actually in your toes. Just like your fingers, your toes are made up of, you know, many bones. Um, but I think that's incredible. And uh, the rest of the numbers... I can't necessarily verify at this moment, but it's thought that there are, you know, like 33 joints. So articulations between bones, you know, that allow the bone, the foot to, you know, make all of its movements and be pliable. Um, 19 muscles. They're tiny. They're small muscles. They're not like you think of like in your big and your arm muscles, but you have 19 muscles in each foot and 10 tendons and 107 ligaments. So tendons connect muscle to bone. Um, so you may have heard of your like Achilles. So your Achilles attaches your gastrocnemius, which is the big plump muscle on the back of your calf to your heel. And what connects the muscle body to the heel is the Achilles tendon. So that's, a, that's like the most famous tendon, I, you know, in my opinion. So that's a tendon, but ligaments are the same kind of tissue, but they connect bone to bone. 
Yes. So um, you may have heard of the of carpal tunnel. So what happens in carpal tunnel is you have a ligament that surrounds, <clears throat> that connects bone to bone in your wrist, and it gets the space in there gets too tight, and it becomes inflamed, and you get pain. Um, and they have to snip that ligament, the carpal tunnel ligament. Another cool thing is apparently it takes 12 to 18 months to regrow a toenail. And I'm not actually sure if I agree with that entirely. Do any of you have this issue? Like, I can't grow a fingernail to save my life. But, man, can I grow a toenail. Man, my toenails grow so fast. I mean, I should make marks on my toenails and, like, test this theory out that that's, like, the range for people because I swear... I replaced my toenails way faster than that. Yeah, so I just thought those were some fun, cool things about the feet. Uh, nothing really earth-shattering, not like my iris revelation, which I still keep shocking people with because it's so much fun. <laughs> but yeah, look for um, that screen cap of Ted Lasso. And I'll see if I can't find the original art, like an actual, so you can see it clearly. Not sure if I have a file for that, but <laughs> it's still a really, really cool thing to have done. You know, it's just basic photo anatomy poster. And actually, I've had friends take pictures because my name is on the bottom of the poster. So if you're ever in the podiatrist office and you see a foot anatomy poster, like go over and see if my name's on it. It would be my maiden name, which is Megan Bloom, B-L-U-H-M. And like, send it to me because I'd like to know. I also have a hand one out there. So wrist and hand and foot and ankle. Those are the two that I did for them. So yeah, let me know. It's super fun. So that's about all I've got to say this week. Like I said, super busy. And I know I saw a bunch of you and I wish I could see all of you. I know you guys are not all local to me. Um, but maybe I'll go live. We'll go online together or something here sometime soon. I'd really love to do that and see how you guys are doing and all that. But man, do I have a lot going on, you know? So uh, thank you, uh, as always, for tuning in to my little show. It's just my little thing that I love doing. And I'm having these visions of one day recording from my art supply store. You know, a little booth right by the front window. And people can walk by and watch me recording. That won't make me nervous at all. No way. <laughs> but yeah, think good thoughts. Think good thoughts. Send out like some good like energy into the universe or whatever. And I will be back with more about that, I am sure. Um, I just gotta keep my courage high, you know? Come follow me on the on the internets. Um, Megan Foldenauer, F-O-L-D-E-N-A-U-E-R. If you pop that into Google, you will find me everywhere. There's only one other Megan Foldenauer. She's in East Lansing. I'm not. I'm in Ypsilanti, Michigan. We're both in Michigan, and yes, we've met, and that is bananas. Yeah, so you can find me there, and I'm now going to go and make the Duolingo owl happy and continue my streak. I'm learning, I'm reviewing German, and I'm learning Dutch. It's 55 days. Can't disappoint that owl heard stories.